Guru Nation, thank you for checking out another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. If this is your first time here, or maybe not, I appreciate it. Like, subscribe, leave a review. I really appreciate it. I wanted to get my sponsors out of the way. The first one is my DSCS site network. We help sites get studies, help them do their budgets, help them with SOPs, a shoulder to cry on, anything you can think of. We help sites across the country do. The more sites in our network, the easier it is for us to get studies and from sponsors and CROs directly. If you're interested, check out the link in the show notes, a low monthly subscription fee. That's my company. Also, CRA Academy. If you're interested in learning how to become a CRA, check out the CRA Academy. The only program out there with a real internship opportunity through my CRO for all graduates of the Academy. Also, CRC Academy, same thing, but for coordinators with real internship opportunities. And now I wanted to get to my sponsors who help make this show consistently available to you and well-produced. First one is Viva Site Vault. Links in the show notes. Free electronic investigator site file. Free digital signatures. Free delegation of authorities log, all digital, go paperless. It's completely free. If you ever wanted to try going digital, at least for the investigator site file, check out Viva, link in the show notes. Next is Versatrial. It keeps your study portals organized. It's collaborative. So all staff at your site can get access and use it. We have 12 15 links sometimes per study to different portals. This keeps everything in one place. It keeps all your passwords. So it's just one click. And it also has an amazing feasibility tool to help you do feasibility surveys a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently for free. Next sponsor is Creo. This is the only one that's not free, but I think it's well worth it. It's eSource, it's eReg, it's CTMS, it's patient recruitment, it's patient payments. And you don't need to try all those things at once. You pay for what you need, but it is amazing. Once you start using it, most likely for the e-source, you're gonna want the CTMS. You're gonna want the automatic invoicing. So when you click on your e-source, dry ice was used for a lab, it will automatically send the invoice to the sponsor for the dry ice, saves you time. Countless things like this in Creo, amazing tool, check it out. Next sponsor is Inato for experienced sites. If you wanna get studies for free, Inato's the way to go. I just got my first study recently through Inato. It did take a few studies for me to filter through, but Inato actually does a really good job of making sure that it's a study that you actually wanna take. And they even do one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls with you and your PI or whomever from the site wants to join to see if a study is the right fit for you. And it's absolutely free. They get nothing out of it. I think the sponsors pay them on the back end. And it's amazing. So check it out. Inato, link underneath in the show notes, free. Finally, my last sponsor, 1N Health. This is a central patient recruitment vendor. They currently do not work with sites. But if you're a sponsor or a CRO, they are the best. I've used all of them. I've been doing this for 17 years plus. They are the best leads, the best interface for coordinators. You can text patients directly from the portal. 
they literally saved one of my studies recently, both at my site. We were just screen failing patients left and right until we finally used one end health and we got ourselves a respectable randomization number all through one end health. And they also did this entire study wide sponsor was able to end enrollment successfully because of them. I've never used, I've never been a fan of central patient recruitment vendors. This is the best one. Check them all out. Links in the show notes. Live, 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 live. Happy Friday. Uh, Fridays are not the best for live because only half the people watch. Most people are checked out. But uh, if you are here, you're dedicated, you're focused, and you'll watch the replay and listen on the podcast later. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. I have Janet Rossi. She's the director of clinical research at Granger Medical Clinic. Uh, She's somebody who reached out to me recently from the 483 video I did, and she mentioned that I use Creo and I have to revise our source for some stuff. And she's a Creo power user and was nice enough to send me kind of like a guide for how to create source and create QC checkpoints. Oh, thank you so much, Janet. That was so nice of you. You didn't have to do that. You did. She's going to be at SOS, by the way, saveoursites.com. Um, sites need to interact with each other more. And this is something that... We haven't had, I started in this industry in 2005, and even though we have LinkedIn and all these other things, sites are still not interacting, so it's a shame, and I don't know why. Maybe we all get busy, or, I mean, I don't know. Why do you think, Janet, like, sites don't interact? Yeah, good question. I just don't know if the opportunity is easily available there. I think I think we yeah. would if we knew how to easily. Well, even like we love Creo, right? We're, I'm sponsored by Creo. They have a forum. They try. They put the tools in place. But yeah. it's dead. It's like empty forum. Like no one's really talking. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I, we're trying I, to I some things on there before, but yeah, it's just, it's not an active forum, but we no. could definitely, I mean, I wish it was utilized more. So because sites could definitely learn from each other on. Os girl, Os fly girl says, I think it's time and staffing. I think that's a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, we traded names during investigator meetings and CRC calls. Oh, hey, Patty. Yes, Patty's great. Yes, yes. Yeah, Patty's always like a I have used commenter. a lot of Patty's resources before. I still do. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you know Patty like offline. Compliance. Like, okay. Yeah. She okay. is awesome with compliance stuff. Yes. So we have Janet Rossi and we've got Will. Will, what's your last name? Stalls. William Stalls. William Stalls. His first coordinator job is with Janet. And Janet is with Granger Medical Clinic in the Salt Lake City metro area. Um, how do you like working there so far, Will? Honestly, I love it, man. Um, the city's beautiful, and the staff here is amazing. Like, we're a really good team, and I really get to – I like how it's more of a smaller site, so I can really focus on, like, learning as much as possible, you know? So. Yep. And then so you guys are multi-therapeutic. The kind of studies you do, Janet, 
all over the place or do you have like yeah. a focus mainly or just whatever the market gives at that time? So multi-specialty stuff. So lots of, lots of COVID stuff, but gastrointestinal stuff, vaccine studies. So really there's not really a limit, but we make sure we do studies that we, the nice thing about being a small independent site is that we take on studies that we want, you know, where yeah. we get, we get the say so uh, on make sure we can collaborate as a team and make sure that it's something that we want to do. Yeah. So we, we don't get them handed to us and say, here it is. We get to collaborate before we take it on. So that's what I like to, I'm, we're a similar multi-therapeutic, our PI, our main PI is internal medicine. And then he referred us to two other PIs outside of his clinic in Yuma. One's a dermatologist, one's a psychiatrist, neurologist. So I get to be, because that's my role is like getting the studies super picky about what studies we take on. And now I'm starting to like get more sophisticated with what I take. If I have a depression study, I kind of want another depression study for the screen fails or for the early completers, early withdrawals, whatever it is. So we have another study for them. Um, and then I'm, I lately I've been looking into these registry studies too. I've never done them too much, but these easier ones to give like a new coordinator because I've been having an, a lot of staff, a lot of new staff lately. And I think those are like perfect studies to give a new coordinator, kind of like training wheel type of studies. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? The selecting this, the studies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another one that's really good too, for that we like a lot are just those bio collection studies. Yes. You know, those are great as well. Cause those are just one day studies. Uh, we have urgent care right in our same building too, just right down the hall. And those ah. are just easy to, you know, just consent, you know, collect. They might be here for some, you know, if they're symptomatic with upper respiratory symptoms, you can consent them you're, and you're done. You know, it's, it's just, those studies are just easy. You can kind of do them in between those bigger, more complex studies. And we like those studies a lot as well. And so, uh, you, how did you get started in research, Janet? So I actually worked in reproductive medicine and we had the opportunity to do is a phase four study. And I was kind of thrown into it. And I didn't really know research. We just had an opportunity where patients could have no cost IVF if they qualified for this. And I really jumped into it full force. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I had a CRA who was really, really tough. And I'm really glad that she was, but we quickly became the high enrolling site and had 75 patients enrolled for this study. And I had five monitors there at a time. Wow. And it was exhausting. And I was there seven days a week uh, for about seven months. And I learned a lot about research. The CRA was really, really tough. And I'm glad that she was. But I I didn't know that there was CRF guidelines. I didn't know that there was, you know, I just didn't know all these things that I didn't know. And you don't, you don't know them until you know them. And, and so that's how I really learned about research. I just was happy that these patients who qualified had this opportunity and but that's how I got into this field and so it was a, a unique way to get into research but that's how I but everybody gets into research 
a unique you got way. thrown into it. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody kind of does. Research is a, it's such a niche field that yeah. I, I think everybody's, if you ask anybody how they got into research, it's, I think everybody <laughs> has kind of a similar story. You know, Everyone's research. similar. It's like by accident. Yeah. And then the, the interesting thing, unless you're a CRA, which they want to quit all the time, but like from the site level, once you're in, no one really leaves. Like you right. can go on and be a CRA or whatever you want to be, but everyone almost gets in by accident and then ends up staying for life, which right. is really yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah. to think about because the odds of that happening, I mean, it's truly like random, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone stays. They may not like their company. There's a lot of turnover at companies, but the in the industry, they stay. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting thrown into it. I just thought I was going to do research for like three months just to look good on my resume for med school because my GPA was not high. So I needed something to like kind of boost my resume for med school. And the site I worked at started falling apart. Staff left, no payroll owners. The admin was embezzling money. So one of the PIs told me, Hey, you going to stay or leave <laughs> but if you stay it's your site if you want it's just there's no paycheck <laughs> so i had i had to make a decision there like it does make it's med school realistic i don't know let's see and i'm still here that was almost 20 years ago 19 years oh, ago. Wow. so everyone yeah. has like a similar story of just getting yeah. thrown into it i also had a mean monitor but she was yeah. good I'm glad she was mean yeah, yeah. now, but oh man, I still to this day, I've never had a monitor train any of my staff the way that one trained me. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. And that's when they used to not care so much about hiring like for EQ. Now they hired like the CRAs. I don't know if you guys noticed for the most part, they're like friendly people, person yeah, type yeah. of personality. That's relatively recent. Because a decade ago, they were not like it was probably the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have really great series. Yeah, yeah. most people do now. Like they hire yeah. for personality now too. I think enough yeah. if enough PIs complain. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, series. It's an interesting thing. There's there's one CRO that hires PharmDs as their series, and so they're. They're uh, not always the most, they're, they're brilliant minds, but they're not always the most helpful CRAs for our team to go to for guidance in yeah. this field. You know, and I think a PharmD background is such an interesting thing to hire as a CRA uh, to send to the sites because they're not super helpful for us. Um, but, so it's been an interesting dynamic. I don't know if you've ran into that yet. The, not the but, farm D, but the RNs. I everyone knows the RN CRAs are not to be messed with. Yeah, because um, <laughs> most CRAs that don't have an RN background, you can kind of talk around certain medical like lab values, and they won't argue with you about NCSCS. But the RNs, they won't let it go. They're like, no, no, like this. What do you mean? <laughs> so they yeah. make you like go back and look into it. Yeah. Uh, so 
Granger, so you you were CRC thrown into it, and then CRC at another site, and um, four years, almost five years now, director of clinical research. Yeah, at yeah. Granger, what do you think? What are the similarities between? Well, first of all, do you think any CRC could be a director eventually if they worked at it? Sure. Yeah, I th I think. Yeah, anybody could do anything they wanted to do and, and absolutely yeah I, I think absolutely do you do you think it's a different skill set though that you need to grow into because you go you go more from managing the studies to managing people like you're more like a little bit no, further really, removed from the studies i really don't manage people i manage things okay um, you know, I, I, it, there's a lot of moving parts, um, but I think our team, I, I don't really, I, I wouldn't say I manage, manage people. Um, I, I'm not a very good people manager. Um, uh, I, I think I'm more of, I try to focus on more education than anything else. And I, cause I think that's what I try to do most here. Cause I think, I think, the biggest part of my job is helping make sure we understand everything. Cause if we understand what we do, our job is really easy. It, mm -hmm. you, it becomes a lot easier. A lot of times when you do this job, people just are doing it in without understanding it. And that's, you know, if you can't, you know, and I, I, I tell people, if you can't explain something, if you don't understand it, you know, once you understand it, everything becomes so much easier, you know? And so I'm huge on the, the Feynman technique, you know, like teach it to me, teach mm -hmm. it to me. That's how you learn. Teach it to me. You know, and yeah. once you, you know, people use the terms in this field so often, 21 CFR, party, love and complaint. Okay. But what does it mean? Do you understand it? You know, okay. Title 21, but what does that mean? Title 21? What does it mean? You know? And so. I have, I, I don't know if you use OneNote. I love OneNote. I have a huge compliance OneNote. We can, you can click on anything in, in there and, and go, here's the whole FDA regulation. Like, what does it mean? Well, what is, what is the code of federal regulations? What does that mean? Where did it come from? You know, and so we have this whole background of everything. Your job becomes so much easier when you understand what you're doing. And so when you're consenting a patient, for example, you know, start there like, Okay, would you understand what the condition is? This indication? Mm -hmm. We did an asthma study. Asthma was a hard indication for me. I did not want to start that study until I really understood what we were doing. You know, the lavas and the savas and this and that. And, you know, I talked to RPI for a while and I'm like, I don't understand this yet. I don't understand this yet. Educate me. I, I can't explain this until I understand it. I can't explain this until I understand it. And so, it, it, but once you understand it, man, your job becomes so much easier. And so uh, I, think, I think that's how I manage is I just try to make sure everybody understands. And because once you understand it, I think, I, I think your job just flows, but. Yeah. And there's layers to understanding. There's the macro layer. Like this is research. This is what we do. We collect data for sponsors. It has to be clean. It has to be protocol compliant. And then you yeah. get into individual protocol. Like, can you understand this study? Well, just because you understand this one and the macro 
overview. It doesn't mean you're going to understand right. this study. Right. And then you might have like five other studies you're doing. So right. it starts all over. Yeah. It starts yeah. all over again. The rules don't, they're not all one and the same. And it's, yeah, it's. And it's each easy. vendor too, like this EDC, exactly. do you understand how to use it? Yeah. Do you understand SIP shared investigator nobody portal? Understands. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> I do not know I how to use it. Yeah. I could log in, but thank God for Katie and Daisy, who's no longer here. She went to University of Arizona to work there. They were like the SIP managers. Um, but as long as someone at your site knows what they're doing and they can train somebody else on it, yeah. you're good to go. Because there's so many portals. Like there's all these things. You have to understand everything when you're on a study. Yeah. If you're doing a study and there's like 20 portals and you only understand 18 of them, well, I mean, that's great. Like in school, that would be an A minus. Right. But in a study, yeah. that'd be deviation. Like, what are, <laughs> what are right. you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You major things. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, of course, patient safety is our number one, one thing. But I, I tell sponsors a lot the, the thing that you have to look out for is CRAs, they're not, they're just like us too. They could be absolutely wrong about things. And so okay. leaning on their guidance is, you know, we have to be careful about that. And, I will often say to sponsors, my job is to protect RPI and he, I have to look out for him. I have to protect RPI and yep. make sure he follows the protocol. I have that 1572 linked on every single thing that he's signing with all those uh, regulations in there. You can click on any single one of them and it will take you right to that, that co exact code where you know, when he's signing, you know, what he's responsible for to remind him, okay, well, how long do records need to be stored? How long do this, you know, what, when he signs that he knows exactly where to go to remind him, this is what he's signing and what that means on there. And because I will often push back with the sponsors, you know, when they say yeah. you have to use this telephone script when you're talking to patients. Okay, I'll use that. However, it's missing this. You know, so it, we're my again. My job is to look out for RPI. This isn't really following the protocol exactly. So, if other sites are using only this, this is a little bit dangerous because it's missing this information. Yeah, you know, says we are investigator extenders, and then yeah. Renith says subject matter expert, critical skills, and leadership. Absolutely. I'm not an RN, but stickler with labs, NCS, NCS, CS is essential. You're right, uh, Jeanette. You have to learn when to push back. One of the things that newer coordinators are afraid of, maybe Will is in this camp. I know my new CRCs for sure. I was just on a teleconference with them this week. We had a patient that we ended up screen failing because of a positive urine drug screen. And it wasn't just one thing. It was like a bunch of things on the UDS. So, but on the exclusion, we had to put positive urine drug screen. The monitor questioned the coordinator. She said, well, did you know there could be a lot of false positives based on the medication she's taking? And the CRCs were going with it. I was muted on the conference call. I wanted to see how they handle it. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. And I had to unmute myself and say, look, it's not just this drug she tested positive for. It's this, 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 and that. And taking her medical history into account, she's had substance use 
she said six years ago and she's been clean. So taking all that into consideration, no, we have to push back. Like we didn't improperly screen fail this patient. And then they moved yeah. on to something else. But the, the new coordinator were afraid to like actually push back a little. Yeah, that's an interesting thing too, because a false positive is still a positive. And how do you, I mean, at what point? Right, right. It was a psych study. So a lot of the psych meds, you know, they do have like false positive for certain illicit drugs that we already know about. Well, I knew about, but the new coordinator, that's a new thing to learn. And um, maybe in the future, we have someone who actually is not on any illicit drug, but it's a positive from one of the meds they're on. I don't want them screen filling them inadvertently either. So we got to learn documentation. Well, what is this from? This is from uh, this medication. So it's there's always something new to learn. This industry is amazing. This is why we can't get enough people working in this industry because we always need someone else to figure this out too. Like there's just way too much supply and not enough um, uh, workforce. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, labs are one of the biggest trouble spots in a study delays. Yeah. Labs. We had this crazy study. That's okay. Most CRCs are type a alphas. So Janet, you were so nice to send me the guide for revising some of our e-source. We're actually implementing some of it already as of yesterday. Um, you, you're a Creo power user. How, how did you, when was your first experience with Creo? So when I started here, I took the place of the previous director who's retiring and they had just started on with Creo. So right when Creo very first launched. So from the very beginning of Creo. Wow. Yeah. And did you choose Creo or you, it was chosen for you and then you. It was chosen. Yeah. For us. So it was just very getting started when I started here. So we were one of the first sites with Creo for what I understand. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, Creo. I mean, we don't. This is not like a promotion for them. I only sponsor, or I only allow sponsors for things I actually use and like. Um, Creo. I've only used Paper or Creo, uh, never any other system. But do you think eSource helps more with compliance compared to Paper? Like, what are your honest thoughts on that? I mean, abs- absolutely, because it. it especially from an FDA standpoint, I don't see how it doesn't because that audit trail is right there. You can see every single time point, you know, when, when the data was changed, just like you can in I metadata or rave, you know, you can see that audit trail and you can see who did it and when they did it and at what time point it was changed. And so from that standpoint, yes. Um, do you, and uh, Will, did you ever use something else? You worked at another site previously. I did. Um, when I started working in research, we were switching from paper to Creo as well. So ah, okay. I didn't really work too much, but I was just really on the part of just helping transfer everything over to eSource. Now, what do you prefer, eSource or paper? Personally, I would prefer paper because I like seeing the stuff in front of me. I like putting my hands on it, and I feel like... Um, I can retain information better, like when it's like right there in front of me versus like I have so much data and stuff on the computer. It's just like, ah. 
there's so much going on. But when I'm like focused on specific study, I can grab this specific study binder, you know what I'm saying? And this specific yeah. patient file and not accidentally open something or save it wrong. You know what I'm saying? I just personally would prefer paper, but I like here. And you're not alone. Look, we get in this bubble on LinkedIn because most people on there are like advanced and progressive and use like the latest stuff. 75% of sites use paper. So we, I want zero paper, zero. Me too. I want to go like, which is even with Korea, we're still at like maybe 5% paper with labs and all that. So, but that, when you say labs, like do, do you do certified copies and put them in and then get rid of them? No, no, like the lab results from the sponsor. Yeah, so we'll print them, PI sign. PI still prefers like to sign wet ink. Uh, and then we'll upload them and e-sign them like at the visit level. So you, you don't see, can you print a PDF and have them sign electronically? They won't do it. The PIs are- Make them do it. Make them do it. <laughs> They're close to retirement age. And I think it's an exercise in futility. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are newer ones in the pipeline, like Dr. Joe, for example, is the sub I that they're kind of grooming to be the next PI for us. He'd be okay with it. It's usually like the age, but Will's perfect example. Here's a young, here's a young and he said paper. <laughs> so you're not alone. I think it's preference. I personally will never go back to paper. Yeah. Um, after using Creo, especially with the check, sh like I'm learning it too. Like what you sent me is very helpful. Like this is the level of checkpoints you put in. We just haven't been putting enough. You know, you're going in depth. You say you modify almost every day. Yeah. Something I'm, I'm, I'm very hyper. I drive the team crazy. I, really <laughs> I am very. I don't want to say like OCD. I'm just very hyper and I'm very just, I, I, you know, and like Bonnie, our other coordinator, she'll say, you're overthinking this. And I will say, then that drives me nuts. Cause it's like, you can't overthink it. Like you have to, you have to be the type that drives home and think, did I leave this interview? John, did I, you know, like, I want you to overthink it. I want you to read the email 10 times before you send it. I want you to overthink everything, you know, like I want overthinkers, you know, like I want overthinkers so much. Like I want you to overthink it. Like, like, yeah. please overthink, please overthink. Like I want everybody to overthink everything. Like uh, overthinking is good. Like you want people paranoid about this stuff. I know I do. I want everybody paranoid. I have the best team. Here's the problem. Uh, we, as humans, try to avoid those feelings of anxiety and paranoia. There is this book written by, I forgot who it was, one of, some tech CEO. Only the paranoid survive. He wrote it like in the 90s. And it's such a good book because the message is like never get complacent. Even when you figured something out, like only the paranoid survive. You've got to be thinking about problem areas, pitfalls, coordinating is running a site. That's like the perfect example of anything can go wrong at any time, even if you figured it all out. So you got to build a culture where you're prioritizing. Like, I don't know if it's anxiety. You don't want a culture <laughs> of anxiety. 
I know. Yeah. But like we're good. We we balance each other out. Yeah. yeah. Non-complacency, maybe, because I'm with you, Janet, too. Like I try to instill this in the staff also. Although I probably come across like laid back, but I try to tell them like this is why this is important. And if you don't do this, this is what's gonna happen. And you know, there's just so there's like a cascade of things that can occur that just ends in a yeah. bad outcome. Yeah. If you don't do things the way you're supposed to do every right. single time. Right. And people will say, people often say the FDA's job is to find find something. You know, and I I say it's really not. Their job is not to go in there and find something. Their job is to be able to put the whole story together and have it make sense without you there. Can they do that? You know, and that's our goal. Can does this make sense without us there? Does this make sense? Can we explain this without us here? You know, and so if we if, if something doesn't make sense, you know, and I often try to look back and go, okay, well, can what happened here? And like, can you can I have this question answered without you explaining it to me? You know, can can, you, can I have this question answered in this source without you telling me the answer? Yeah. You know, like, and so can I? Can it be answered without me going to somebody and saying, "What's the answer here?" I don't. Yep. I don't know what happened. And oftentimes, it it can't be answered. And that's then that's where we have to kind of go. Okay, well, why not? Let's rectify the source. Let's figure it out. Let's, you know, how can we make the source better? Something so we can figure, you know, improve this so we can answer yeah. this now without you standing here and telling me and talking about it. Right. So, I mean, that's our, that's our goal is to be able to tell that complete story inside the source where it all makes sense without us physically here to, to tell it. Yes. When the average, and I, I'm a stickler for progress notes. Like, I don't care if the e-source is perfectly designed. It never will be. You got to write a progress note. So you need to put a summary of what happened, especially if something that deviates from the norm occurred. Right. Or something right. that you already know is questionable. I forget. I tell my staff, I forget a month ago what happened in this study. Imagine your future self, because the average coordinator stays at a site two, three years. Imagine your future self. So when it's Katie, I say, imagine the future Katie being here three years from now and you're not here. And I have no clue what's going on. And they get audited and she's got to go through this source and answer questions. I right. think that's the way to like drive home this message. Like you got to make sure someone who doesn't know anything about this study understands what happened here at this visit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough to make, do. Make it simple and make it make sense. It's tough you to know, do because we all want to finish the visit, let the patient go and then enter that in the EDC and then we're done. But right. Right. You got to take the extra step. So this is like very hard to communicate to staff. And I think you right. see, it sounds like you take more of a QC role at your site too. I think we all do. I think, I okay. think we all do. We're all very, we don't really have the main coordinator role. I think we're all very much try to do everything. It, you know, we really try to be, you know, when it says who does regulatory, we all do. We all do everything. I want everybody to understand as much as they can in all the roles and all the parts and all everything. Cause I, again, it's, it's amazing at the end of the day, everything comes together because there's, and I think there needs to be more of that, you know, data management, what does data management do? And I wish we can communicate more with them. I have a whole log of these queries from data management and it's a constant ping pong back and forth with, 
with this? And are they right? Are we right with our responses? And I wish the query gets closed, but it's the same query on a new patient. And, it, you know, and I can, I don't want the query just to be closed out to close it out. I want it to be a proactive thing. And it's just a frustrating experience with this. So I keep this log of our response so we can use that same response. But, you know, for example, one of them is, you know, a con procedure. It, the, the con procedure is for an adverse event. And let's say it's a CT scan. And they respond with, this is not for an adverse event. This is a diagnostic procedure. And I respond with, we're in agreement. It is a diagnostic procedure. However, the diagnostic procedure was performed because it's an adverse event. Please let us know if you want us to change it to a diagnostic procedure. We can. How do you want us to go about this? And it's just closed and it's forever gone. And then it happens again with a new subject. And it's like, well, who's right? Are they right? Are we right? I, it doesn't matter who's right, but what's right? It, and it's just, I'm going to do this for two and a half more years, Dan. And that's <laughs> really lame. And it's just like, we don't, yeah. I'll never know how to really answer that. because That's not in the guidelines. If it should be diagnostic, if it should be an adverse event, it's both. There's never well, going to be a solution. solution. And all it, this it, documentation it, is, uh, you know, the questions come up over these site-centric tools, right? Like, I love Versatrail. I don't know if you get a chance to play with it. They recently got acquired by Florence, but they kept the product. So it's mm -hmm. these like bookmarks for all these vendors. Do you guys use Versatrial? It's amazing. We we have the Versatrial. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like I wish I had this when I started in research because we just I had to like have a Evernote and before that a Word document with all the links and everything. Um, and, and before that, I don't even know people just memorized their links and passwords or like saved bookmarks in their browser but how do you train a new coordinator like when they come hey here's all your links and now they're like 15 of them per study if not more the question is like do you, are these site-centric tools making our lives easier or harder because there's tech is not the same for like sites there's tech that's sponsor centric there's tech like pros that sponsors insist on having and i understand why doesn't make life easier for a site matter of fact the e-pros are now source that out of, first time in history yeah. of research the source is out of the coordinator's control direct control yeah it's wild it's and who owns that it does the patient own it that's a weird concept to me too like but if they don't pay their cell phone bill and they lose their cell, that's a weird, I can't wrap my mind around that yet. But that thing is that's a wild thing for me too. When I e think it's the are. site in the in that example, I think it would be the site's responsibility. Um, and I don't know how they would have that happen. You know, uh, sponsors give tablets now. The yeah. the issue really is like managing this because we we went from the old paradigm was this is a visit. This is their next visit in between. Yeah, we're monitoring like safety, but we're not monitoring data. And now we're monitoring data on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day, even when there's no visit. And yeah. you got to be a stickler for that stuff because oh, some yeah. of those things are important. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah. And that's where man, patient education comes in. So important to when it comes, you got to understand things. Patients do too. And so, you know, I have come up with sheets. There was one study that was really, really complex. Patients had to go to multiple sites. And I'm like, man, patients need a guide to say this day you have to be fasting 
for you have to take your pill three hours before your study visit this day you're going to go here to this location and you're going to but you can't have anything to eat for four hours not even gum and this day you're going to go here but you can't wear any metal on your clothes and this day you're going to go here and da, 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 da. and this is the window and this is the timeline and yada yada i couldn't just give that patient this guide because that's not irb approved even though this is going to be so helpful so then i had to go to the sponsor and say can we please give this to the patient because this is what they need this is all their visit windows from the time that they enroll all their locations all their things because patient education is so important too they need to understand you know if what they're going to be doing and when and so man if we can it's gonna make our job easier too once they understand rather than throwing them all over the place with all these different appointments and all these different things so you can help them educate them as well get something like that are you approved and your job will be so much easier like again it's all about education understanding when you understand it becomes easier but yeah that's all it is is learning curve for everything but, now the whole decentralized yeah. trial you know there's elements of well let the patient do this from home and that from home and that's fine but someone's gotta make sure all that data is compliant and it boils down to the sites it boils down to people like you janet and will you know that have to manage it so it's maybe dct is not such a good idea if we're not thinking about the coordinators also because the coordinators are the ones responsible for keeping the patients compliant not the patients themselves they think well the patient's going to keep themselves compliant not necessarily they you know they're human beings they're not employed by the sponsor to do the study they're going to live their lives while they're in a study and that's messy yeah this is a crazy industry and they keep pushing this DCT stuff. So some of it's good, but I don't think they've thought it through. At least they haven't thought about the coordinators <laughs> yeah. for the most yeah. part. So that's why I like companies like Creo. They actually do consider that some of the E-Reg, Viva, Site Vault, um, Versatrail for sure. So that's interesting. Definitely um, our jobs will always be safe, I think, guys. So. That's why no one leaves this industry. They might yeah. leave companies. Not every company is the same, but and it seems like yeah. you guys run a good, good site. There's some sites out there. They don't care. They just leave their coordinators to drown. And then they know, okay, well, they'll eventually quit. And then I'll just bring someone else in. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just how yeah. it works. We, we might drown some days, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're happy, happy drowning, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. I think we're good team. Yeah. We're... I really like the education aspect, like, uh, especially with me being new to research. Um, recently, um, if we're not really doing something study related, I'm really like, she has me like learning about a lot of history of research and it helps a lot. Like when I'm, uh, consenting patients, like I was consenting someone yesterday and she's asked me like, um, why is it so important that she has to do her e-diary every day? And I was able mm -hmm. to explain to her how important it was that um, the FDA gave these regulations due to what happened in the past before when people were just getting able to take anything. We had elixirs for everything. And um, just having that knowledge or like, even understanding like what, what the FDA, like what they started for or what an ECRF is. Like for the longest when I was working, I knew like I knew about the document, but I hadn't, didn't know like what the document was. And it's like those things, she'll explain it to me. Like she'll have me 
explain or even to the other coordinators, like when we all work on things together. And I think that's really important in the way she manages. It's because like she said, we all understand that. And it's like, it makes things flow so much better and it's so much uniform, especially with compliance. It's like when we answer queries together, we all pretty much answer the same because we all have that basic understanding of what we're doing, you know? So I just like really love that about her. You know? Yeah, no, that's a healthy, seems like a healthy culture and it relates exactly to what Calvin said. Patient education reduces deviations. I think we need to implement a teach back method more to make sure the patient understands how to take the drug and how to complete the diaries. And like Will, you said, you go a step further. You say this the why, you give them the why. Because yeah, like, human beings need need a why. They're not just they don't like being told right. what to do and because we Nothing. said so. You know, you need and a why. Are, yeah, and we're so grateful for our, our patients and we let them know that what they do is so important. There's we have a little sign in in the exam room that just said medicine can't advance without research and we tell our patients like, thank you for coming in here and spending the time to do this because this is how medicine advances. And it's so true. We are, we appreciate our research patients. We appreciate them so much. And the fact that they are willing to come in here and spend time and, you know, be a part of this study is amazing. And medicine can't advance without them. And we make sure that they know that the work that they're doing is important and it means something and that data is important and the e-diary entries that they do, it's important and it's necessary and yeah. it's needed. And so we have an excellent retention rate because we make sure that they know it's not for nothing. It's for something and we need them. And so I think that is why we have an amazing retention rate is mm-hmm. because they know that it's valuable. Right. Because I feel like and we appreciate that. I feel like naturally humans like to be part of something bigger. So it's like if you understand like what you're a part of, you're like, wow, on this specific study, I, I'm helping to do this, that, and the other across the globe. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel like when the patient really understands that and like really realize that they're, you know, part of something bigger, it makes them want to work harder, especially like when yeah. I explain like what research is or give them examples of like um all those when I like when you see those uh, medication ads and you hear all the uh the little fast part with all the symptoms and stuff, I'm like, you're a part of that. That you're a part of that. Like yeah, you they get that data from people like you. We, it's just like, yeah, we had a study last year where everybody were or twenty twenty one actually, where everybody was unblinded because the COVID vaccine came out. And so we needed to know and it was a weird thing to unblind people. That was a weird thing. But we so everybody knew if they were on placebo or not we still had a hundred percent retention rate. Everybody who's on placebo still came in for blood draws. They still came in to spend that time. It was amazing. And Mm -hmm. like, because they knew that data was important and it was incredible. A hundred percent retention rate that people were willing to come hundred percent. And they knew they were on placebo to come in, have a blood draw to do, you know, to do Mm -hmm. that because that data is important. That study would not have finished if all those placebo patients dropped out. The data would have been meaningless. So when patients know that their work is important, that they're coming in here is important, that they're a yeah. part of something, it yeah. matters. And that helps. But it, it only worked, I think, because you guys are, you educate, you know, we do the same thing. Uh, we have a really good retention rate as well, but it's it doesn't happen like by accident. You know, you right. have to educate the patient. Right. I really think that why it works for patients. Like, why do we make you do all these diaries? 
Right. Why do you have to come in within window? Right. Every why. Same thing with a coordinator. Here's why you got to answer the data within three days. Or here's why you got to answer queries. Or here's right. why you got to document more than you think you need to. It's not just do it right. because right. I said exactly. So. Don't just do it. Do it. Yes. Like, I need it to make sense to you. And you know, definitely. like need it to make sense. Yeah. You know, like it, it, we get so caught up in these nuances where, you know, I had a CRA tell me that a note to file needed to say note to file on it. And I pushed back on that. Cause it's like, no, it doesn't. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a it's a clarification letter. It's, it's a, it's filed in, in, in the system. It's a note that's filed. I'm not going to redo this to put a heading on it that says note to file. Yeah, no. You know, like it's not like I don't think you really understood what a note to file was. I'm not going to redo this whole letter that to put the heading on it that says note to file. It's nope. still a note that's filed. You know, and it's like she said, well, this isn't a note to file because it doesn't say note to file on it. And I'm like, mm. oh no, who cares? You know, Creo like, got Creo got rid of note to files for me. We just if we need to put a note to file, besides regulatory, but if it's like in the source. Progress note, open up that visit, put, you know, it's all timestamped. Clearly anyone right. can read it right. after the yeah. visit and write what you want to write. Like you don't need to call it note to file. You call it whatever right. you want. Right. It's just, yeah, the, the lack of, you know, understanding is, is sometimes it's just, <laughs> it, 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 it's just, it's interesting, but, what, but man, when you understand it, it's just, we're, it, it's our safety net. You know, when you yeah. understand that we're, yeah. it, it, it becomes, I mean, it, it's your safety net. I mean, you understand it and you, you can do it. And your job is so much easier. It's just learning is 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 what we need to do and understand it. Don't just do it. Don't just do it. I need you to understand it. And then you're golden, you know, and I don't understand a lot of things. You know, do I understand this? And I'll push back. I don't understand this. I need it to make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, I'll explain it to somebody as many times as they need it explained. And if it doesn't make sense, I'll find somebody else who can help I'm help me out and help it make sense. Down, constantly going down rabbit holes, especially with like new science. I mean, we didn't even discuss yes. that. Um, but the new science, here's the thing. And we got to do a part two because uh, I got to get to the clinic. But uh, Janet and Will, Will, you're on LinkedIn? Yes. Will, uh, I'm going to put both of your LinkedIn profiles underneath. Go connect. The science, educating patients, right? Understand the new mechanism of action of this drug. Have your PI tell you, hey, what, what, what is this? Like, how do I explain it to patients? So that when you do the consent, you don't just sit there with like 30 pages in front of them. and right. Or whether it's e-consent now with Creo, it's on the computer. No, you mm-hmm. explain like, this is the new drug. This was the old paradigm. This is the new one. This is the previous studies they've done. You're giving them the why of why it's 30 pages. You know, and I think that's important too. And I I think like a lot of sites don't do this specifically when they get too big for their own good. Did the CRC used to work at an AMC? Not sure which one. No. Nobody. Nobody. Private industry. We got to do a part two, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll do a part two on patient retention operations and more of like the why in research for staff and patients. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Thank you, Like, subscribe, comment, share, go follow right now, Janet and Will.
Bye-bye. Bye.